What's going on? What's going on? Top Notch Sports coming back to you with another episode. And we'll get right into it. Covering Monday night's football game, the Ravens versus the Rams. The Ravens going to destroy the Los Angeles Rams 45-6. to Lamar Jackson continues to improve and show everybody why he is the leader of the new school. Leading the MVP votes, in my opinion. If anybody should be MVP right now, it is Lamar Jackson. Lamar is playing at an unbelievable level. I mean, unbelievable. Is the only way to describe the way he's played. <clears throat> His throwing accuracy, just throwing by period, has improved. Lamar is always going to be a great runner. He's proven that week in and week out, but I'm more focused on how well he's leading his team, how well Lamar is playing. The team is following his lead. I mean, they look absolutely amazing. And then when you factor in that he had five touchdowns against the Rams last night and didn't even play the fourth quarter, uh, he had one drive in the fourth, and he scored in that drive, sat down for the rest of the game, and that was it. I mean, the game was pretty much over after the first half. Also, the Ravens' defense looking phenomenal. Their defense is looking absolutely phenomenal. We have a decent linebacker core, but our secondary is very, very, very good. When you factor in that we already had Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey. We added Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson before he went down with the injury. Um, Brandon Carr, of course. And then when we when we put Marcus Peters on this roster, get him from the Rams, add him into this tra- from. We get Marcus from a trade, that most definitely makes your team a lot better. And right now, Marcus Peters brings a different element to Baltimore. He's a perfect addition for the Ravens when you factor in that Marlon Humphrey is already a a great, solid man-to-man corner. Jimmy Smith can go back and forth from man or zone. He's not the fastest DB, and sometimes that is where he struggles with, but he's a very, very big physical cornerback. So when you match him up with some big fiscal receivers, he can compete. Now you factor in Marcus Peters, who can play zone very, very well. He's shown the sense. He's come to Baltimore. Interception after interception. He got an interception last night against golf. He got an interception against Russell Wilson when they played. Right now, Baltimore is looking like the, they're looking like the Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion. I don't see any other team that's playing as good as Baltimore on both sides of the football. Now, I would love to see what will happen come this Sunday when they match up with the San Francisco 49ers. We have yet to see a defense stop Lamar Jackson. We've played the so-called best defense being the Patriots, and he looked phenomenal in that game as well. Baltimore's offense is just rolling. and I don't, I don't see a team right now that can that can just bring up any problems. Right now, the Ravens' offense pretty much looks untouchable when you factor in that Lamar can run the ball, he can throw the ball. You have good running backs with Mark Ingram, Gus uh, Gus Edwards. Sometimes we throw Justice Hill in there. We have three solid tight ends, Nick Boyle, Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and we got pretty good receivers, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin. All of these guys can play, so Baltimore is most definitely looking like the favorite.
to win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But to go on with the Rams, man, I love the L.A. Rams. I love Todd Gurley. He's one of my favorite running backs. I love Jalen Ramsey. He's one of my favorite cornerbacks. I absolutely love Aaron Donald. He's probably one of my favorite. De- he's probably one of my favorite defensive players. Period. But the Rams are looking washed. They're look. They they look nothing like the team they were last year. They got to the Super Bowl. They look absolutely washed. Of course, you lose some players, um, but they look nothing like this Super Bowl team. Jared Goff is struggling. He looks nothing like he did last year. The His throws aren't very consistent to me. He may have a shaky first half and have a good second half or a shaky second half and a very good first half, but all in all, Jared Goff doesn't look very comfortable and consistent playing week in, week in and week out as he did last year. Ty Grill is just not the dominant rusher that he was before. And for some reason, this year, the Rams are not giving Ty Gurley as many touches as they were before. I've said this about the Dallas Cowboys. For them to win, Zeke has to have a lot of touches, 15-plus. Same thing with Ty Gurley. If you're concerned about his knee, give him the opportunity to show that he can or cannot play with 15-plus touches. Give him that opportunity. In my opinion, they have not. They're limiting him playing, and I think limiting Ty Gurley on that field is going to continue. I mean, you're going to continue to struggle. You're not going to beat these top teams like the Ravens, the Rams, the Seahawks, um, the 49ers, the Cowboys. You're not going to beat these teams putting pretty much all of your effort on Jared Goff because he hasn't looked very good either. And the defense is just not the same. Defense not the same. Of course, adding Jalen Ramsey was a plus, but besides Jalen Ramsey, what other top defensive back or good defensive back do they have? Hill gave up a lot of plays last night to Hollywood Brown, to Willie Sneed, to some of the tight ends. He didn't look very good. Of course, you have Eric Weller over the top, but Eric Weller, is, he's older now. He can still play, but he's a lot older. I do not believe John Johnson played last night, but the defense is just not the same. And... Of course, Aaron Donald is great at what he does, but if you watch the game, you didn't hear Aaron Donald's name a lot. So when teams stop Aaron Donald from doing what he does best, that Rams defense is very, very, be- very beatable, and you can pick pick them apart. I said that before they got rid of Marcus Peters and Tlaib. The defense just didn't look good. They were getting torched by a certain team. I mean, Teams like the Buccaneers where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin absolutely had their way. Their defense has not looked good all season long. Aaron Donald, of course, he's going to always shine. But last night was one of the first times I've watched the game and been like, Aaron Donald's not doing Aaron Donald things. It was very quiet that night. But for those guys to improve and hopefully make the playoffs, something's got to change offensively and defensively because it's – it's a lot of up and down from the Rams. It's a lot of up and downs. But that's it for my Monday Night Football coverage. And uh, I'm going to take a small break, and we're going to come back uh, to you with some boxing updates. Welcome back. Welcome back. And for the second part of our podcast, we're going to jump right into some boxing news, man. Deontay Wilder this past weekend knocked out Luis Ortiz in the seventh round to retain his WBC heavyweight title. 
Wilder moves to 41 and 0 with 40 knockouts. And my takes on the fight, man, I watched the entire fight. I was very impressed by the control of Ortiz in this fight. I feel like he had a lot of success in the last fight, just being a superior boxer. And that is the case with anybody who's going up against Wilder. Wilder doesn't have that. Wilder doesn't have that. Um, what's what I'm looking for? He just doesn't have that boxing skills that a lot of pure boxers possess. He's not a pure boxer. Everybody has known that, but Wilder's statement that he makes before fights stand true. Literally, after every fight, you need 12 perfect rounds to beat me. I only need two seconds to beat you, and that is just the power the dynamite that's in Deontay Wilder's hands because in this fight, Luis Ortiz was dominating all seven rounds up until the end of the seventh. He was outboxing him. He was just the perfect amount of aggressive in this fight. He didn't sit and watch too much, which I felt he did in the fifth round of the last fight that got him knocked down. But all in all, he was he pretty much stopped Wilder's offense. He stopped his offense. He he wasn't landing the big punches up until the knockdown. <laughs> Defense looked very good. Um, and just from that, he improved from his last fight with Wilder. But Wilder landed a clean right hand right down the middle towards the end of the seventh. And that ended it. I mean, it was a great shot from Deontay. And Deontay fighting like this, he's always going to be tough to beat. You know, people can say what they want about him not being very skillful. But he's going to be very, very hard to beat with the fact that nobody can take that right-hand shot except one man, Tyson Fury. Of course, he went down. I do believe Tyson Fury may have won that fight. And I do believe, in a way, Deontay Wilder may have won that fight uh, due to the count in the fourth round. I do feel like it was a long count. But either way it goes... Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder will be fighting in February of 2020. I'm excited to see that fight again, to see how it plays out. Will Fury be able to go all 12 rounds again? Go through, be able to take uh, Wilder's punch and take and take the belt from him? Or will he have the same fate as Ortiz, Stavern, all these guys who have fallen to Wilder? Will he have that same fate? Because Deontay in that right hand is probably the most dangerous, destructive weapon that I've ever seen in my entire life of watching boxing. I've I've seen nothing like Deontay Wilder in his right hand. It just amazes me that he can touch people and literally end the fight right then there. Could be losing. I feel like he was losing the fight against Fury. He was missing a lot of shots. Fury was landing his shots being the ring general and then the ninth round comes around he gets a knockdown you know could have been a flash knockdown fury got back up but in the 12th that knock that knockdown which i felt like was a knockout fury was laid out on the canvas i've seen nothing like deontay wilder in his right hand so i'm very curious to see what changes will be made from both sides come february of 2020 with the second fight. And lastly, for our boxing segment, Floyd Money Mayweather. 
confirms that he is coming out of retirement in 2020. If you do not know, he was at a Clippers game with Dana White. The Clippers were playing the Boston Celtics. He and Dana were sitting, they were talking. Took um took a picture. A day or two later, Floyd posts posts on his Instagram that he's coming out of retirement in 2020. Dana White reposted the same post. The UFC reposted the same post. So I'm curious to see what will we expect in 2020 from Floyd Mayweather, from Dana White. If they are working together, I'm hearing that they're working to bring another big spectacle. And with that spectacle, will it be a Conor McGregor rematch? Will we see Floyd stick with boxing and rematch Manny Pacquiao? We know Pacquiao has been won that fight since 2015. Or will we see Floyd test his, test his luck in the mixed martial arts world? I believe in the next... Next few weeks, maybe in the next month or two, we'll find out. But for those of you that do not know, Floyd Mayweather is coming out of retirement in 2020. And it is a possibility he will fight twice next year. So keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and pay attention to see what big moves Money Mayweather will make. And lastly, lastly, for our last segment of the episode today, a lot of people have been asking me to talk about my thoughts on the Colin Kaepernick situation of him trying to get back into the league. <clears throat> First off, I love it. I love that Kaepernick is testing his luck and trying to get back to playing football. I've been saying for a long time that I've been wanting to see Kaepernick back in the football league. It sucks that he went out the way that he did. But Kaepernick went about the whole... NFL coming to watch him work out situation the wrong way. I'm going to start by saying that as well. He went about that situation the wrong way. Letting the NFL know 45 minutes before your workout in Atlanta that you're moving it to a high school um, stadium. And that, I mean, just that entire, that statement right there just amazes me. And it tells me that Colin Kaepernick is still trying to control the narrative which he cannot. He cannot control the narrative in this situation. Basically, what you're doing with this workout where teams are coming to see you to make sure that you can still play the game of football, make sure that your throwing motion is still there, pass action is still there, you don't look win. You know, they're, they're keying all those things in. And this is a chance that you could have just screwed that up because you want to control the narrative. I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick didn't... Everything that Kaepernick has done leading up to this, I do not disagree with as far as taking a stand, letting his voice be heard. I love all of that. Kaepernick is being a force. He was being a force when doing that. But right now, you want to play football. If you want to play football, you cannot control this narrative with the NFL. The NFL is bigger than what... He's bigger than you. The NFL is bigger than you. Roger Goodell and whoever works with him, they're bigger than you right now. So you trying to control this narrative, that's strike number one. And from what I was, you know, from what I've read and heard, when they get to this workout at a high school, I, I just don't understand why it's at a high school anyway. Everybody's already there, you know, they're pretty much all Kaepernick supporters. And, you know, that's not a good look for you, you know, these people wearing Kaepernick jerseys and things like that. 
that's not a good look for basically your job application. This is your job application. You don't act this way when you're applying for a job. You are applying to try to get back into the NFL. These teams are watching. You already have a target on your back with the way that you went out of the league. And now you're making that target even bigger. And then with the whole, I'm not answering any questions, but I'm going to say this. And, you know, he had his statements for 96 or however long it was and saying that the NFL has been running from him for three years and that he's been ready for three years. Do your workout. Answer the questions and go on about your business if you want to get back into the NFL. And since then, no NFL teams have called. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that no NFL teams have called Colin Kaepernick because he brought this on himself. And I would not be surprised if they do not call him. This is your job application. You are applying to get back into the NFL and you may have just ruined it by the by your actions of Moving the workout late, not letting the NFL know, trying to control this narrative, the things that you said after the workout. He looked good in the workout. If you seen his workout, he looked good. But your mouth and your actions may have just ruined your shot to get back into the NFL. But that is my thoughts on that. I really hope and wish that Colin Kaepernick does get back into the NFL. But right now, it doesn't look like it. It does not look like it. I think if he went about, if he went and took care of the situation the right way, handle your business at your workout, impress some teams, answer a few questions, whatever the case may be, and go on about your business. Maybe some teams could have called. And some, there's some teams out there that can use a Colin Kaepernick. Tennessee Titans, they bench Marcus Mariota. They don't know if they want to use him for the future. They can use a veteran like Colin Kaepernick. They can use him. The Bears can use him. Mitchell Trubisky does not look like the guy for the future. They can use him. Who knows? Maybe the Giants can use him. Teams can use Colin Kaepernick. And he, and, and he didn't go about this situation the wrong way. But that is my thoughts on this entire situation. That is it for this episode of Top Notch Sports. I hope you guys continue to spread the love, spread the word that this is Top Notch Sports. I'm giving you good quality information. Continue to support me, and God bless.